0: What did you make of his comments this morning?
1: Yeah, you know, I think he talked about last week, you know, Marshall being the best defense they've faced all year, and I think that this Louisville team, the way they're playing, may be a better defense than Marshall was last week that game you saw. But overall, he, he's not shying away from talking about how well, how well Louisville played, especially when you're in a knock off the number 10 team in the country and force eight turnovers, six of them in the third quarter. I think that, that says enough right there.
0: They're really good, aren't they? I mean, I we we thought they'd be pretty good. We know about Malik Cunningham and what he's done over his career, but this team is playing really, really well right now. Yeah, they
1: started off not too hot and the coach was on the hot seat for a couple weeks, but they've turned it around and I think that may have motivated the team a little bit and yeah, they have a number ten win over number ten wake force, which is big for them in the ACC and I think they might be be one of the better A C C teams like week to week right now is Louisville and, and it's something that J M U in the schedule this game was hoping for a game like that and not a Louisville team that we saw at the beginning of the year. And, you know, Malik Cunningham is, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he's pretty close, and I think that's yeah. going to be a pretty big test for, for Jamie's
0: defense. All right, what do you make right now through these seven games? Obviously, the, the loss of Sam Kidd, I think, is a big one, but obviously this team is really banged up, and I'm not sure they can compete if they have the same team that finished the Marshall game. Todd Santeo hopefully will be back. It, kinda, it seemed Coach was pretty optimistic that they would get guys back for this week. We don't know who but again, you're without your two tackles at the end of last game. You're without your starting quarterback. One of your safeties still without Mikhail Kamara on the defensive line. Without one of your linebackers, um, do you expect most of those guys back? What are your What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I think you know the biggest the biggest question mark is a quarterback, and I don't think any team's gonna really tell you what's going to happen uh, with that. No. <laughs> but overall, overall, I think you know we'll see a few of those guys come back. At least he sounded optimistic last week about it. Asked him today, and he kind of you know shied away from it, which isn't a surprise when it's a game week and you're trying not to give the opponent much to, to work with. But I think we'll see a few of them back. I think the biggest question mark that you want to see come back is a guy like Jalen Walker, who, yes, he he's a sophomore, but he plays like a senior. And, and they're playing a freshman in his place right now just because the linebackers are banged up, too. So I think that might be one. And then you talk about the offensive line, and we saw how that didn't go well for them last week with seven sacks because, He's missing a few starting tackles. I think that's another, another thing to keep an eye on.
0: I think, I think those two guys, Nick Kidwell, Tyshawn, Wyatt, the, the two tackles, I think if, if they're not playing, even if one of them's not playing, that could be a problem. This is a team that gets after the quarterback. They had eight last week. They, they're one of the tops in the country in sacking the quarterback. They're just long, athletic. They can get to you. I, I think that's param- If paramount. First of all, Totson Teo is number one. You've got to have him back to, to probably compete. But with those two tackles, boy, they really need them this week.
1: They do. I mean, you know, Nick Kidwell left the game at Georgia Southern with what Cignetti thought was a high ankle sprain. He didn't play last week. And then you saw Tyson Wyatt on crutches at the end of the game against Marshall. So, obviously, if you get one of them back, it's better than none of them coming back. But if they're without both of them this week, it, you know, most of defensive line showed what they can do. And, and it won't be a, a pretty – I think it might be a long afternoon if, if the offensive line's pretty depleted. But – he sounded optimistic, you know. I think we were, we we heard that you know could be a possibility for Tyshawn White at least come back this week, and that I think would be a big boost. If anything,
0: yeah, no question. Again, we're talking with Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record, the JMU football beat writer, as the Dukes get set for Louisville coming up on Saturday. And what do you make of the Sam Kid loss? Is is that a big loss for this team? I feel like it is. Do you agree?
1: It is. I think so. I mean, he's a six year senior. Of course, he's gone up and down through injuries and things like that, but he's played extremely well this year, and he's one of those guys that he may not put up a ton of numbers, but he makes a big impact on the field, and now they're going to have to kind of go almost by committee just to replace how much he really means to that defense.
0: And the one thing, too, is you kind of forget that they're really thin at safety. I mean, when when Deion Jones decided to hang it up in, in, in fall camp, and you're just like, man, they don't have a ton of depth. I mean, a guy like Jacob Thomas, who's a true freshman, is on the travel roster, has been, has played some special teams, but now he's all of a sudden maybe a player or two away from getting more snaps in in the secondary. But Francis Meehan is probably the next up. But it's pretty much Q. Reed, Francis Meehan... Chief Serrat. I mean, that's about it right now at the safety spot. And at the rover, again, you've got Chuck and uh, and Jarius Riminek. But at, at the free and strong safety spot, they're really thin right now without Sam Kidd. And and, and again, when Deion Jones called it called it a career.
1: Yeah, that, I think you know it started back in the summer when Deion Jones hung it up, and you're like, all right, the depth goes away a little bit, but they still have got a decent number of players. But now Sam Kidd's Getting hurt and what they've been doing the last few weeks, anyway, safety is playing kind of a rotation just to let guys get a break. And, and because these teams are running a high tempo offensive against them, I think now you've got less guys to rotate in. So not only are you going to be playing with younger players back there, but also just more tired guys the game, too.
0: You mentioned um, you mentioned Jalen Walker. How about Trent Hendricks stepping in? A kid from Richmond, and, and and again, you were able to talk to him and kind of do a story about him, but. How about him stepping in? I thought he played really well, and he'll probably have a chance to to get more snaps, even if Jalen's going to play, probably not 100%. We'll probably see some of Trent, but been really impressed. And, you know, that's a name. I think you and I looked at each other when Coach Signetti talked about the freshman class and said, Trent Hendricks going to be a really good football player for us because we hadn't heard his name much. He was one of the first freshmen that Coach talked about during fall camp. But it's kind of come to fruition that, boy, he's he's a pretty talented young kid.
1: He is. I mean, he's a freshman, but he came in last week, and in relief, of a uh, hurt Jalen Walker had six tackles, a tackle for a loss in his first game, playing, you know, actual defensive snaps, because he's been playing special teams most of the year, but hasn't really gotten to get in, and yeah, we, we heard about him earlier in camp, when Cignetti kind of just brought him up out of the blue, and saying, you know, he's a really special guy, and it turns out he's kind of right, you know, just based on what he can do in his first game back, and I think, you know, he's got an opportunity, if, if Jalen Walker can't go this weekend, to make a big, big impact on this defense, and He's obviously not a guy like Jalen Walker, but another guy from Richmond who, who
0: can play. And some breaking news as JMU's game against Old Dominion coming up a week from Saturday is now a 1 p.m. start time in Norfolk. That'll be on ESPN Plus and always, as always, on the JMU Radio Network. I always have to throw that <laughs> sure. in. Sure.
1: I <laughs> like a 1 o'clock
0: kickoff. Though. I saw that and I, I kind of smiled when I saw 1 o'clock. I bet you did. This 7.30 <laughs> stuff this weekend, especially on the road, that's for the birds. Woof.
1: It's gonna be a late
0: night. <sighs> it will be a late night again. The Dukes and Monarchs with their royal rivalry. Now that'll be November twelfth, a week from uh, Saturday. One o'clock start. In Norfolk against uh, against the Monarchs again on ESPN Plus. We're talking with Noah Fleischman again, the Jamie football beat writer for the Daily News Record, and let's talk a little bit more about this this Louisville team. And I want to start with their defense just because, as I mentioned, they get after the quarterback. They have forced, I think, five turnovers now. No, three turnovers in five consecutive games. And that's one thing. Kurt Signetti even mentioned today, that they've committed 11, if you count some special teams mistakes, but nine officially the last two games. If they want to have a chance this weekend, they cannot turn the football over.
1: Yeah, that's kind of been Duke's Achilles heel in those two losses, right? You had Toss and Tail through three interceptions at Georgia Southern. You had Billy through a handful last week and I think you know it starts there and you're trying to beat a team that's you know better than you playing right now This wise, the Louisville is the first thing you got to do is take care of the ball and really not give them opportunity to score and I think that's where it's going to start for game you obviously Louisville showed they can you know rattle one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC with, at Wake Forest and I think it's going to be a, an interesting time and if, if Jamie you can take care of the football, not only interceptions but you know we talked about on the goals that they've had recently and and also the special teams mistakes. If they can fix those, they may give themselves a shot, you know, to stay in the game longer than if if they don't. Then it could be a long afternoon.
0: And Louisville's giving up just three sixty two per game and getting the ACC. They've been really good. I mean, they have thirty three sacks on the season. They're one of the best in the country yeah. at that. They've been really, really good getting after the quarterback. So that's something that's got to be cleaned up for the Dukes with their offense, no matter who's at quarterback. And they're. Holding teams of 20 points per game, they've been really good offensively. It does seem like they they're inconsistent. Even in the game last week, they scored 48 points, but 35 came off of turnovers in one quarter. When they forced six in the third quarter, they were down at halftime, 14-13. Malik Willis has only thrown or Malik Willis, <laughs> Malik Cunningham has only thrown five touchdown passes this season. That's it. Sick I mean, that's it. Toddson say it. We had six in one game, Malik. Cunningham has had five in this entire season. Now he leads them in rushing. He's dynamic, but he has five TDs, four picks. This doesn't seem like this offense is 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 very consistent, and maybe that gives the Dukes a chance with the way they're playing defense.
1: I think it does, but well, at the same time, they've played three different quarterbacks this year with Cunningham being hurt. I think for a handful of games, I think a concussion or something similar to that. But you know, if if Jamie's defense can kind of take a page out of Louisville's. I guess if you want to say, then there might be an opportunity to really keep the Dukes in it. We've seen their defense keep them in the game every week so far. You know, we, we talked with Mandy last week about that. It's like it's like you added confidence. He's like, I eh, don't know, but it, you know, it gives them something. I guess so. If the defense holds their end of the bargain, which they have done the last couple of weeks, it really relies on this game. You can. Score points and kind of you know playing the game where it could end up being a thirty five twenty eight game or something like that. You gotta you gotta be able to score points against these power five teams.
0: Yeah, no question. With Cunningham being able to run the football, again he had a thousand yards a couple of years ago. He he's had an incredible career running the football, following in the footsteps of, of Lamar Jackson. But he leads them by far in rushing. He has eleven rushing touchdowns. Again, that's part of what he can do, especially in the red zone. But they really haven't faced a runner at quarterback, and that's. I think that goes back to your point of can Jalen Walker play because you need speed to be able to contain Malik Cunningham, and will they have a spy on him? Again, we'll find out throughout the. Well, we won't find out throughout the week. We'll find out during the game. Uh, we won't find out anything from from this coaching staff, but um, that'll be a challenge because they haven't faced a guy like this before, and it'll be interesting to see how they can do against a guy like this.
1: It is, it, you know, it's interesting because. JMU has only really faced guys that throw the ball down the field, and, and they've done a pretty decent job at containing them. But the thing is that JMU practices, at least during fall camp, when they go good on good, they practice against a mobile quarterback every day. So I think that may come into a little help having any experience, not only ha- not, they haven't faced it in the year, they've faced it during camp, and, and they can kind of scout team it, especially with a guy like Alonzo Barnett on the scout team, who is a very mobile quarterback. That could you know help JMU's defense, but yeah, it's going to start off with and need to speedy guys on the field, and Jalen Walker is definitely one
0: of those. It's a great segue because that's what I was going to say. One of the most important players this week might be Alonzo Barnett being Malik Cunningham in practice because they yeah. have somebody that can be like who they're going to see, which some teams do not. The Dukes do. I think that is a huge advantage that they can see a guy like that.
1: It is, and I mean, we've heard all about Alonzo Barnett being that kind of mobile guy he did it in high school in North Carolina. And we haven't really gotten to see it much during the year, but, you know, Chris Ignatius says he's, he might be one of those guys in practice which helps prepare the defense, you know, because maybe some of the other quarterbacks aren't as mobile as him, and so he'll be a good replica. You can't really replicate a guy like Malik Cunningham no, or Lamar right. Jackson anything like that, but you can try to get as close as you can because you're seeing when other teams in the NFL, if they play against a guy like Lamar Jackson, they're putting a wide receiver or running back at quarterback to do it, but I think, JMU you can use a guy like Alonzo Burnett and, and really try to replicate as close to
0: it as they can. Kentucky and JMU football with the beat writer for the Daily News Record. That is Noah Fleischman, and again, that'll be a seven thirty kickoff this week. I also want to talk a little recruiting, as again we we we're kind of hinting toward this, kind of hoping this would happen. But Ibrahim Barry committed to James Madison. He picked the Dukes over some Power Five schools, which again, this is big for him to pick the Dukes over Virginia Tech, Rutgers, Pitt, um, even Syracuse, West Virginia had offers to him. How big is this to get a three-star, 6'5 wide receiver to commit to you and and he's got power five offers? I mean, this is a huge, huge step for this team.
1: Yeah, Dave, I like to say I called my shot on this last week on this show. (laughs) You kind
0: of did a little bit. You You did. I'll give you some credit.
1: (laughs) You know, know, it's it's a big time recruit because not only does he have these power five offers and have them in the top six with JMU and South Dakota made it top six, which I thought was interesting, but, you know, overall, he's a guy who – he brings speed. He can run pretty much any route. He plays wide receiver, tight end. And he he can play a lot of positions. And I think it's big to have a guy six foot five at the FBS level because Jamie doesn't really have any tall receivers right now. I think their tallest receiver maybe six one, six two at that. But if you bring a guy who's six five in and he can go down the field and like it opens up your offense a little bit more rather than you know trying to target some smaller guys. Which I mean, it works with a guy like Chris Thornton who's speedy and can jump. But when you get a guy that's six foot five. Pretty you know, I think Mike shanahan might be pretty happy to see that in his offense next
0: year, <laughs> I think so too uh no doubt that size you just you, you, you can't coach that it it is what it is, and you know you had a chance to speak with him talk about kind of what you learned from him
1: yeah he, you know he's excited he he was at, he made it took his visit to the homecoming game um, against marshall and and he said he even though it was not a win for JMU. He still enjoyed the fans, and I know that kind of was a topic of conversation on whether recruits would enjoy the the fans leaving or whatever. But he he said he liked the atmosphere and things like that, and he was able to talk to some. Most of the recruits there were already committed to James, he was able to kind of see who his future teammates would be, and he's excited about joining a JMU team where they've been able to utilize wide receivers. And he said, you know, he looked at who was going to be here next year and thought he could compete for a some playing time right away and he thought that was you know something that intrigued him a lot rather than maybe going to a power five and sitting behind a guy who's another three star that's six foot four or something like that
0: to get another three star again this is what uh, the second or third that they've had at least two but but uh, how, how what do you make of this class so far it just seems like it's been very impressive to be able to get some some stars next to a name they just weren't able to do that before
1: yeah, you know, we can say, I know some people's favorite Mickey Matthews quote is, stars get you fired. But, you know, in a way, <laughs> they kind of do. But JMU's been able to get in these guys where you know, have a three star like Daryl Dayton Gohe uh, from Pennsylvania, a five star long snapper. now this guy, I think, you know, it's an opportunity for JMU to really show what this SDS, uh, you know, level of play can get you. And, and overall, I mean, they've done a good job recruiting in the past. You know, stars don't mean everything. You still got to develop players and do that. And they've done a good job. But I think, you know, if you get a guy who, is already developing a little bit, you can kind of tap into more and, and get more out of them, and I think that we'll see it in these next few recruiting classes. But this one's been a start, and I think, you know, Signetian and company is pretty happy about what they're, what they're
0: building so far. Yeah, no doubt about that. Good stuff from Noah Fleischman, as always. Noah, thank you for time, my friend. I appreciate it, and we will see you later this week and talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Thank yeah. you.